0: Welcome to OECD Podcasts, where policy meets people.
1: Hello, I'm Clara Young, and today I'm with Sheyi Akiwowo, who's the founder of Glitch. Its tagline is, fix the glitch to end online abuse. So thanks for joining us, Shayi.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: There are many forces at work splintering the digital public sphere. Automated bots flood the internet with disinformation, creating confusion. Online abuse like trolling, doxing, and swatting is another way of shutting down civil dialogue. Cyberbullying has become a big problem, is driving people off social media platforms and sometimes out of public life. Shay, I used the words trolling, doxing and swatting in my intro. Can you explain what those are?
0: Sure. Um, so trolling is just the nuisance, reoccurring, persistent um, harassment of somebody. And actually that can... Ex- ex- extend and expand to mob style trolling so you can be trolled across all your social media platforms youtube twitter facebook instagram at the same time and that can actually be down to what is called t- targeted trolling so um your account a screenshot of a tweet that you have said the the um the word feminism or um a video of something that you've said would be put up on this forum very little words is used Um, a lot of it is in code or emojis and it means hundreds and hundreds of people are being whipped up and trained to troll um, this person whose post or account it is that they're referring to so trolling in itself has a life of its own and then doxing is a slang term for documents which is actually putting online someone's personal information and actually you tend to see that quite a bit in um, domestic violence cases you see that happening quite a bit with young people so don't realize they're doxing and actually there was a really famous case of this last year the hashtag plane bay story when there was a plus-size woman who's quite well known on instagram and twitter she asked to move plane seats on the plane so she could sit next to her partner and it turns out the two strangers that were now sitting next to each other um they were talking flirting kind of very very long story short you can follow the the hashtag um uh the plus size uh influ- instagram influencer was documenting what was happening taking screenshots taking photos um of what was going on um didn't once put the person that the the people's uh face uh, made it, made or make it public um, but uh, when, they, when she said, the, person, the, the, the woman involved in the story said that she didn't want the public exposure, she didn't want people to know who she was, um, the Instagram influencers said that she respected that, but actually she said to her followers, I'm sure that you guys can work out who she is if you wanted to. So basically given permission to her followers, thousands and thousands, hundreds and thousands of followers to find out who this woman was, they did and they found out where she worked she, they found out like her family members and she and this woman had to get a lawyer had to get a lawyer to put out a public statement because she had now been doxxed they had found her personal instagram account called her a slut it was it was it, you know it's a it's a really interesting case of how men and women are received in the media because the man was invited to Good Morning America. He was, you know, he was he he was able to talk about, you know, is it going to be a love interest, what's he going to do next, you know, thinking about his career as the woman. We don't know what happened between those two people. It's none of our business, but automatically she was called a slut, uh, um, and all other uh, uh, misogynistic slurs, and she was doxxed as well. And I think it can be so easy that people don't realize what doxxing is what's what's swatting and swatting tends to be an issue that happens in the kind of gaming world um where you've got young people who might be playing a a video game for example and uh somebody loses they don't like it and they call the fbi or the um uh, the equivalent in, in 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 another country, and say that this person's a terrorist, or have or has firearms, or has made a made a threat, and then the SWAT team, which is where it comes from, um, would go in and would 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 search the house and would put them in uh, under investigation. And actually, that was a huge, and it still was a huge issue in America. Was discussed a little bit in the in in Australia. Hasn't really been discussed here. But who knows? There's not. We actually don't have here. Being the UK, we don't have. Um, Uh, that good enough data I think or monitoring of these nuisance calls but potentially it could be down to swatting.
1: So you started Glitch in 2017 why was that?
0: Uh, I started Glitch because I faced online abuse of a magnitude that I was never aware of and I was really really frustrated with the response from social media companies and um, the fact that police teams were under resourced and didn't have the proper training and that there didn't seem to be a holistic law or international framework on this topic and so I ended up becoming this campaigner and then lo and behold like this month we're celebrating glitches two two year Uh, birthday um, because we've now decided there's a there's a there's a gap in the market if you like to provide advocacy and raise awareness about online abuse but also deliver training and education around how to how to stay safe online how to be a digital citizen but also how to lobby um, social media companies to do a lot more on their platforms and provide that duty of care they owe to their users
1: about uh, lobbying um, social media platforms, um, I think it was in 2016 that some platforms like Facebook and Twitter agreed to a code of conduct in removing offensive material. Can you tell me about more about this?
0: I think um, it's great that there's been a lot of words said about code of conduct and acting in a more holistic manner. In the UK, we've yet to really see that. Um, we've yet... I don't really think it's about new policies because actually Twitter's policy around hateful content, around hate speech um, and Facebook's uh, uh, code of conduct are actually pretty decent i mean there's always room for improvement what we're seeing here is not the is the lack of enforcement of it what we're seeing here is the lack of transparency around moderators or the lack of transparency around how quickly they take down content um there's been times when i have reported an uh, an obvious violation of the platform from my personal account which has a blue tick and from glitch's account which doesn't glitch will get fobbed off as this is not a violation of the platform but I would get the kind of special treatment actually why isn't the the treatment that those who have blue ticks given to everybody is the standard and then there are the special kind of mechanisms or functions put in place for women in public life who are more vulnerable because their address is public their whereabouts are public and we've seen that with the sad murder of joe cox mp um and with the threats that have been made to many many women in public life all around the world
1: so earlier this week there was a debate about online abuse can you tell me more about it
0: Yes. Yeah, so on monday As a response to Katie Price, who is a well-known celebrity here in the UK, her son Harvey um, has a disability and the amount of abuse that Harvey receives um, or that will appear on Katie's social media to Harvey is disgusting and is awful. And so for, for, for two years, Katie and her family have been campaigning for Uh, there to be one law that makes it very clear what online abuse is and it also takes into account intersectionality of identities because disability is always forgotten actually as a on a side I remember being in Washington consulting on a new um, framework for women in public life to keep them safe and actually it was there that I learned that um, in Latin America there's a huge um, population of deaf communities that are online and the abuse that they receive or that they receive or that is given is actually through gifts and videos, and it's through sign language. So actually, that really opened my eyes to the fact that we look very, we look very um, narrowly at online abuse in terms of just words, and don't even think about like other, other, um, other languages. So this, this debate on Monday was um, to the minister of digital asking for a response on online abuse and on a on a law this also comes at the same time that the government have uh, released a white paper so it's the second stage towards it becoming a bill there's many stages but a white paper on, on on harmful content so there's a lot of discussions now about actually what is the government's role in enforcing the law in keeping young people and generally people safe online as well as holding social media companies to account and we're super excited to be a part of this conversation and debate Um, part of our recommendations has already been adopted which is around transparency reports of social media companies because we have no clue what they do and actually if I can be very frank they've got a really good PR team to still make you think that they're a small startup in their dad's basement they're not they're a multi-million billion pound organization Facebook gets 2.38 billion monthly active users that's that is twice the size of Europe and bigger than the population of China. And so it's really good that um, the government has adopted this and on Monday the debate we uh, the debate we briefed MPs, about online abuse and about our 3 us, which is around education enforce and empower and we are asking for this new levy that the government are looking at to uh, tax uh, tech giants like Google Twitter and Facebook we're asking for some of that to be ring fenced to end online and end online abuse because this new tax is going to generate 400 million pounds a year we are simply asking for one percent of that to be ring-fenced towards ending online abuse towards education towards empowering civil society groups that know best that are delivering frontline services and training and enforcement because like i said earlier there's no point having these legislations and these policies and these laws if they're not enforced
1: we Talk about um, the chilling effect of online abuse, that it forces people to leave the social media platforms and sometimes to leave public life. Have you seen this? Have people talked to you about this?
0: Yeah, I think for people who experience online abuse, particularly women, they don't realize it has a chilling effect. They haven't, they've internalized the trauma, and I I, I don't use that word lightly. I, I, I think that online abuse, and there's many aspects of it that is very violent and traumatic. Um, A lot of people who've been targeted, survivors and victims, don't realise it had a chilling effect on them. In our workshops, we deliver digital resilience training to all women in public life, So whether you want to be a YouTuber or a politician or Instagram influencer, we provide training on digital self-care and self-defence. And we have pre- and post-workshop surveys. And actually 40% of the women that came to our workshop said that they censored themselves online and they didn't realise that they did. They didn't realise that it was having a quieting effect, that... Oh, they didn't really mention the word feminism. They didn't really speak about their about their views on something. They didn't really uh, engage in the platform the way that they would. And I, I use a scenario, um, I use a scenario around offline public spaces because that is what the internet is and what social media platforms are. It's an online public forum. It's not a website. It's actually where we are now having debate. Where we're now holding politicians to account. Where policies are being discussed online. I use a scenario around if I was walking to work down a busy Oxford Oxford Street, everyone knows Oxford Street, going to work and I was catcalled harassed or even worse, sexually assaulted. Would you tell me, as the woman that was targeted, that was a, that is a victim, to no longer walk down Oxford Street to go to work? And that's exactly what we say to women when we say ignore it, block it turn your platform private we're actually blaming women for the behaviours of other people and I think that's really important when we look at the chilling effect and actually that's having a huge impact on our democracy because women will tell me I don't really want to get into politics now because of abuse. And there's loads of research, particularly from the National Democratic Institute based in Washington, but do work with women in public life all over the all over the world, that research the impact online abuse on women politicians was having, not only on the candidates and how well they did in elections, but also um, it put off voters. And secondly, it was... Are having an impact on the next generation of young women who were seeing these politicians getting abused, and they were now rethinking entering online entering politics. And there's loads of exit surveys. There's one done um, in a, by an organisation in Canada Um, as exit surveys, or interviews, sorry, done with uh, former politicians. And they all say, if I knew the online abuse that I was going to receive, I probably wouldn't have stood.
1: Um, On a personal level, what is the impact of online abuse on a person? What do you hear?
0: So not only does it have a chilling effect, again, Amnesty's research through the Toxic Twitter report, um, which we were part of, um, and I was a part of with my case, um show there was a psychological impact that women were facing anxiety and fear and that they were changing the way they use the platforms and we are also seeing the impact in young people as well we're seeing the increase of young people self-harming or taking their lives I was part of Amnesty International's right for rights campaign last year and very very fortunate to have hundreds of thousands and thousands of people write me letters in solidarity with me and what I what I had gone through and use that to write to Jack Dorsey, who still hasn't responded, by the way. I'll come back to the role of social media companies in a, mo- in a moment, but I received this one letter by a woman who I'm gonna call Nana, and she says something like, Dear Shayee, Uh, thank you for all that you do with glitch I am an old 70 year old who has no interest in being on Twitter but I wanted to write to you to let you know that my niece committed suicide so I know how important it is to end online abuse and I use and I talk about that story all the time because it reminds people what we're talking about it isn't snowflake generation that can't handle robust debate it isn't Uh, sensitive women who are trying to find a way of um, um, uh, attacking men and making them feel bad about patriarchy or whatever it isn't all of that is a distraction what we're talking about here is actually life and death and the quality of life online and I think social media companies must have must play a better role in providing a duty of care to every single user and I mean that when I, when I say every single user, because actually their framing of mind seems to be a, seems to be around a, a white middle-class male who uses the platform. And let's not forget who runs who runs these social media platforms. They're probably catering to people who look like them and if you look at the demographic um, uh, makeup of the companies, it's not that diverse, although they, they are getting better, but not a a, a a rate that it needs to be. They aren't intersectional. They aren't looking at where black women will face colorism. They're not looking at where um, trans communities would face dead naming. They're not looking at the fact that the, the, the use of videos and the use of memes, they're not keeping up with what is obviously targeted um, organised harassment. And if we do not wake up to the fact that this is it, we are going to allow online abuse to get worse, our platforms and online public spaces to become more toxic, and it will mean that we'll see a generation of people that will not enter or engage in the online public space.
1: Thank you very much, She.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: And thank you for listening to OECD Podcasts. To find out more about Glitch, go to FixTheGlitch.org and have a look at OECD's Going Digital site. Thank you for listening to OECD Podcasts. To listen to more OECD Podcasts, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud.com OECD.